Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Fueled by Weird podcast, the only geek network podcast that is a member of the Lord of the Trident Metal Army. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Ty Christian, a.k.a. Fang Von Rathenstein, the lead singer of one of my all-time favorite bands, Lords of the Trident. Ty, how's it going, man? It's going great. Great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Dude, I'm so excited that you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get over it. Um, yeah, I mean, I found you guys, um, I think it was like a year ago and I've been listening to you constantly nonstop. My friend pitched you guys as the band that you listen to when you play D and D. And I <laughs> think that was the perfect, the perfect description. So you guys are great. I'm so glad to talk to you today. Awesome. Well, glad to be here. Thanks so much. No problem. So usually when we start this show, uh, we'd like to do an icebreaker question just to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. So today's icebreaker question is, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of debate about this online. Mm. Is a hot dog a sandwich or not? And uh, I I think I would have to go with yes. I mean, it's, you know, it, it is, if anything, I suppose it depends on in what direction you look at the hot dog. Because theoretically, I suppose it could be an open-faced sandwich, if you really yeah. want to think about it that way. You know, I think that another question, another way to think about this is, is an open-faced sandwich technically still a sandwich? It's called an open-faced sandwich. And if right. that, if your answer to that is yes, then the hot dog is also a sandwich. <laughs> yep, I I agree for the same reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> so with the concept of Fueled by Weird, it's, you know, the things that you're into, the things that, you know, make you who you are, your hobbies, interests, all that, that's the stuff that fuels your weird. So, you know, in addition to music, you know, what kind of things are you into? Oh, are we talking about just, just weird things or just things in general? Things, <laughs> any, any kind of thing, fair game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I, I really enjoy, uh, arcade games, pinball, uh, and that kind of stuff. I'm more of an arcade gamer than a pinball. I think I, you know, more or less, I sort of grew up with a, uh, with an arcade just down the street from me. Uh, and so I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my formative years, uh, you know, just taking my bike down to the arcade. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed, you know, video games from a young age. Um, and, uh, and, and that kind of got me into uh, uh, being interested in Japan uh, and, uh, you know, just Japanese culture in general. Uh, and so when I went to, when I went off to college, that was one of my, one of my three majors was, uh, was Japanese. Um, I did a triple major cause I'm an idiot. Uh, so oh, <laughs> man. Way, way too much, way too much work, way too much time. Uh, I just had a lot of, uh, likes, uh, when I went off to college, so I couldn't, couldn't pin them down. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'd say arcade games and pinball. Um, and speaking of, you know that uh, in, in Japan, I also uh, have an unhealthy obsession. I think with Japanese toilets. I really think <laughs> Japanese toilet technology is amazing, and I, and I I could spend probably an entire podcast talking about how Japanese toilets <laughs> are so cool and so much uh, so so superior to to toilets in the United States. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's get rolling into, you know, the show. Um, what was it that originally inspired you to get into music? Uh, originally, it was actually my grandparents. 
so my um, my grandma and grandpa were they met uh, doing music. Uh, my grandpa had a band. It was a polka band. Uh, it was up north in upper uh, upper Wisconsin, and uh, and he would he he and my grandma put this band together. They would they were very popular. They played in like standing room only in a bunch of clubs, and I saw the posters on the wall and I saw the pictures of them performing on stage and I always just thought it was so cool and uh you know when I was because of because of how important music was to, to my side of the family so my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side my mom was very adamant about getting me into uh piano lessons and then later uh vocal lessons and um so, so I was, you know, ever since I was probably about eight years old, uh, I was I was doing some some form of music lessons, and um, and we would always there there would always kind of be some some music playing uh, in the house pretty often. So I was kind of surrounded by it, and and you know I had my family had a background in in uh, doing music, so that led me to the obvious conclusion of you know when I was getting to be a young teenager. Of, oh, I'm gonna start a band because uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't really feeling the the, the classical piano, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. I was more into music uh, at the time. I think most most teenagers, you know, eventually uh, fall off of the, the the classical music train and end up in rock and roll. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I I, uh, I started up my own band when I was. Uh, and I was 14 and a half, something like that. It was a little garage band. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forever thankful to my next door neighbors for putting up with the noise of my, you know, probably like mildly terrible uh, high school <laughs> garage band. Oh. Uh, but we, uh, you know, we persevered and we, and we had a lot of fun making music. And then when I came down to college, uh, I wanted to keep the band going. Um, ended up starting a new one because... Uh, the rest of the guys, um, you know, the, the guy, the other guy that I was playing music with didn't want to continue. Um, so started a new band in college. And then uh, near the end of college is actually when Lords of the Trident started, because the band that I started in college was kind of, we were all going our separate ways. Um, okay. There were, you know, every, like our bases was going off to grad school and this guy was going, over, you know, off to uh, law school over here. And we we're just kind of splitting up. Everybody's going to different parts of the country. So we started Lords of the Trident originally as kind of a little fun uh, side project, um, uh, uh, for, like for a summer. We didn't think we were going to do any any longer than, you know, like maybe a couple of shows, two three shows. Yeah. Uh, and then it sort of exploded uh, in popularity, and I still don't know how. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it was one of those situations where it's like we we when we played our our first CD release show, this is our like our first album that came out ever. Yeah. The the place that we played, uh, it was like a 120 capacity venue. Uh, it was it was full. It was added, like I think we had 140 people in there. Oh wow. It was over capacity, and people were like singing along, which I had never experienced before in my other uh my other band in, in in college or in high school. And you know we were just kind of flabbergasted. So I think we were down in the green room after the gig, kind of looking at each other, going like, well, I. Guess we keep this going, and uh, it's been 15 years, and we've traveled the world, and 
travel the country and uh yeah we got you know 10 10 10 releases now so that's awesome yeah and i've i've got family actually from milwaukee so i hear that music's kind of a big thing in in wisconsin so that's cool yeah yeah for sure very cool um so when you're coming up with songs um what how do you go what's your process when you're when you're doing the writing of songs yeah so typically uh typically uh one of the two guitarists will come up with like a couple of riff ideas or sometimes in, in the case of uh the, the baron uh aka brian he usually um puts together like an almost completed track by himself because he's got um, a background in uh, music composition, and he's an incredibly, insanely talented uh, uh, compositional yeah. mind, you know. <laughs> so, so um, we'll we'll either have a, a piece of, of, you know, we'll have a couple riffs that we'll throw together, or Brian will have a full song, and then they usually bring it to me next, uh, and then I'll I'll sort of like listen to the song, and kind of feel out you know what it what it sounds like like oh does this sound like you know we're battling a dragon does this sound like we're you know racing motorcycles at night does this sound like we're, you know like something like that you know yeah and then uh and then we'll we'll form lyrics uh, i'll form lyrics uh and, and a general melody for the song uh off of the ideas that off of kind of what the song brings up for me in my brain uh, and, and that's basically how we do it. We usually, yeah, so we usually do that. We'll, uh, once I have lyrics or, you know, rough melody or whatnot, uh, we'll make a demo. So I'll just, re- I'll just record myself over the top of what they've already done. And uh, then we send it out to the rest of the guys, to, to the uh, bass and drums. And then bass and drums will listen to it and come up with their parts, uh, see if they want to modify things, you know. And then we get together and, and play it a few times and... Then we'll, you know, if, if anything changes in the song, um, which is, I would say, it's kind of rare, usually. But if anything's going to sure. change in the song, we'll play it a couple times, and then we'll come up with ideas, and we'll talk them through uh, in person with the full band and make the changes. I know a lot of bands will write songs by, like, getting everybody in the same room and jamming on an idea. Yeah. And uh, until it's a full song. And that just doesn't work for us, you know. And not to say that that's a, the wrong way of doing things. It's not. It's just that yeah. we, you know, for whatever reason, the uh, the process of writing songs for us is a lot easier um, and a lot more fruitful when we do it uh, uh, alone, you know, individually and not as a group. Sure. Um, there, there's less kind of like noise, so to speak, if we do it by ourselves. So, yeah, so that's typically how songs are written. Uh, guitars first, then vocals, then bass and drums, and then we make the final tweaks. Nice. And, you know, like you said, you know, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. You know, you just have to find the process that works for you. And if that's the way that works for you, then, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it is what they say, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, Now, what about uh, for inspiration? Like when you're looking to find the words to go with the music, you know, what what is it that you do to, to get inspired? Oh, well, I mean, I would, you know, uh, it probably comes as no surprise to anybody out there, but uh, most of us are pretty big nerds. So we, uh, we love uh, consuming, you know, uh, like fantasy media of all kinds, Um, especially video games, uh, video games and and movies. Um, So I think a lot of the inspiration for songs sort of come from tropes in that media. 
uh, and and come from characters in that media. We're working on an uh, we're working on an EP right now, and the the, the working title of it is the VGEP because it's all songs like related <laughs> to video games. Um, so you know, I think that when when some, sometimes you're sitting, you know, uh, in the shower and and your mind just goes blank, and then all of a, all of a sudden you come up with a really good idea for a song or a really good idea for um, uh, you know, for like a storyline. And, and sometimes that works. Actually, I would say for me, most of the times that works. It's like, yeah, that's why I like taking, that's why I like taking so many showers. Because it's like, <laughs> I get to kind of like go into this Zen moment, just empty my mind. And then that's usually when inspiration strikes. That's yeah. kind of my, my, my writing spot. It's always the shower. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so, sometimes inspiration just kind of comes out of nowhere. Sometimes you really got to work, work, you know, consistently to find something that, that works for that song or works for that kind of um, uh, story that you're putting together. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes it's a mix of that plus borrowing heavily from, you know, fantasy, pop culture, uh, you know, your, your, your Lord of the Rings, your, uh, your video games, your witchers, your, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I think that the, um, the, like material that we consume uh, definitely heavily influences uh, the the writing choices that we make, as does the current situations in our in our lives. You know, I mean, I think uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people kind of wrote more uh, melancholy, sad material, and you know, we were no exception to that. Um, yeah. So I think you know, it's a combination of uh, influence from many sources. Uh, but if I had to pin, you know, one down, it would probably be like fantasy video games and, uh, and, and uh, you know, fantasy movies and TV shows, probably. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So um, what, what, how did you guys come up with the name Lords of the Trident? And how did you decide to, you know, have kind of like a, a fantasy theme for the band? God, I wish there was a better answer for this. Um, <laughs> I, get the, I get this answer all the I get this question all the time. And um so, so how, how it happened was um, one night, uh, the original, uh, the original guitarists. So there's, there were, there's two Brian's in the band. There's Brian number one and Brian number two. Okay. Brian number one was our first guitarist. He, he and Aki, who's still, still the other guitarist in the band. Um, they were, they were friends. It was our junior year of college. We were sitting, sitting in the dorm rooms. Aki and I were living together. We were friends and we were living together. And, uh, and we were sitting in the dorm room. And those two were jamming, and they were, uh, and they, and they worked out like a song. They worked out the ideas for the song. Mm-hmm. I was still, you know, I was still with my other bands, and we, we had no intention of starting another project, starting another band. But right. um, I was in the room, and I was, I think I was like playing Counter Strike or something, you know. And I had my headphones on, and I got me on the shoulder, and he's like, he's like, uh, sing something, sing anything, and we didn't write any lyrics. So. So he uh, he grabbed me and he, he's like, yeah, sing, just just sing something over here like Man of War, you know, or something like that. And I was like, I, I you know, I don't know what to sing. And so he, you know, he hit record and I just started singing random lyrics, you know, random kind of like big dumb fantasy lyrics. Yeah. And and, uh, and he uh, and and it ended up like those were the lyrics that remained on that song even you know when we became a band. But <laughs> once we finished it. Right. Yeah. We wanted to put it up on Facebook. 
because it was uh, back, back then. You know, I'm, I'm going to sound old when I'm saying this now, but like back in back in my day, you know, <laughs> Facebook at that time was only for uh, college like college students, and yeah. you had to have a you know a .edu address to get onto Facebook, and and the only people that I knew on Facebook were people who were like in the dorms in my area. So we thought, oh, it'll be fun to put this up on Facebook and a bunch of people like in the dorm, you know, a bunch of our friends in the dorms will see it. And they'll, they'll hear the thing that we were like working on until three in the morning, you know? Yeah. And so, so we put, so we, we finished it. We, we bounced it down to an MP3 and, you know, it, the, the title for the song, we knew what we were going to call it. But the artist blank was just sitting, staring in our faces, like, what, what do we put here? You know, and it was and as we were doing this, it was three in the morning and we didn't want to just put like Ty, Aki and Brian, because it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't fit the song. You know, the song is this big, <laughs> you know, like power metal thing. Yeah. And so Aki, Aki looked at me and he's like, Ty, what should we call this? And I was like, you know, it was three in the morning. So my brain wasn't working right. And I was like, uh, Lord's. Of the uh, uh, Trident Unites, <laughs> and so we called ourselves Lords of the Trident Unite for the for the longest time, uh, and we ended up dropping the Unite part uh, uh, because you know everybody was just saying you know Trident oh we're gonna see Lords of Trident we're going to Trident practice we're going something like that so yeah we were Lords of the Trident Unite for a while and, and now now we're just Lords of the Trident so it, it it literally it has no meaning it was just like three a.m. brain Think of the most epic thing you could, you know, you could name a band for for an MP3 you're going to put up on Facebook. That that was that's that's the origin of the of the name. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes at 3 a.m. that's when you get the best ideas. Or just the early morning, you got you got sleepy brain. Sometimes the craziest, and sometimes the best stuff comes then. And, and yeah, absolutely. Don't worry, and don't worry about dating yourself. I'm I'm assuming that we're probably pretty close in age. So I'm. I feel just as old, so I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for any youngsters listening to the podcast, like, get, get off my damn line. <laughs> All right, so you had mentioned new songs coming, and I remember um, your live stream you did recently. You had talked about the new songs, and they sound fantastic, by the way. Um, are those, you know, are you getting close to a release date on those, or are you guys kind of getting close? So we're um, right now in, in less than two weeks, we've got Mad Firefest, which is our, our big uh, uh, power metal and arcade and pinball uh, uh, festival. Uh, and right after that, right after that's done, we're going to we're going to go into recording mode. And I, I think we should be able to finish up everything, finish recording everything uh, by the end of the year. So awesome. I suspect that we will have like an early 2024 release date for the EP. Um, at the same time, we're also still writing. We're we're. we're even though you know we've got the EP that we've got to finish, we're we're writing material for the next album too. Awesome. So I I think that we'll probably you know I think we'll probably end up finishing the album sometime in 2024. Um, I can't guarantee we'll you know finish recording it by the end of the year, but yeah, yeah. I I think we'll probably finish writing it by the end of the year. At least I hope. So. Rad. And you brought up Mad with Power. I was actually going to bring that up next. Do you want to for people who don't know? Do you want to talk a little bit about Mad with Power and just you know do some things for it? I do, yeah. Uh, so Mad with Power Fest is North America's largest power metal festival now officially. Uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, we've we've eclipsed all of the other 
uh, pyramidal festivals in North America. We're now the biggest. Um, uh, Power is an arcade, pinball, and heavy metal, power metal, you know, uh, festival that we run in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a yearly festival. It's a two-day festival. Uh, it's coming up on August 18th and 19th this year. Uh, six bands a day. And we, we, we bring these bands into a gigantic, um, gigantic venue. And we fill all of the available wall space with free play arcade and pinball games. Oh, nice. Uh, so, so, you know, while you're waiting for bands to switch over, or while you're waiting, or, you know, if, you, if, if a certain band is maybe not your cup of tea out of the six bands we've got, you know, you can go play arcade games, pinball games to your heart content, heart's content. Or you can you can play pinball like while watching the bands. You know, you can, you can try to multitask <laughs> if you have that sort of ADHD brain. You can go for it. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we've been running this. This is our this is our sixth year. Seven if you count COVID, but not a lot of people count that. We did like a virtual festival. Um, so this is our sixth year in person. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we've been doing it since 2017. Slowly building it up, and we are now the biggest environmental festival in North America. Uh, and uh, very excited for this year. This is our first year in our new venue. We moved from, we've been doing it at, at the place called the High Noon Saloon, which is about 500 capacity venue the last couple of years. And we just kept selling it out, selling it out, selling it out, selling it out. So we said, okay, we got to move to a bigger venue, get a bigger stage. And so we moved to a place just down the road uh, in Madison called the Sylvie. And the Sylvie hold instead of 500 people, it holds 2,500 people. Oh, nice. So that's awesome. So we, yeah, um, we're capping, we're capping the attendance at fifteen hundred though, because the one thing we're we're trying to um, take all of the the bullshit out of like music festivals. We're trying to make everything as easy as possible for the yeah. people who come to the festival. And one of the things that I I don't know about you, but one of the things that I don't really enjoy about a lot of music festivals is how crammed. It is when you have so many people in one room and yeah. how hot it gets and all of a sudden, you know, I like Madness Power, we're gonna try to give everybody a decent amount of personal space <laughs> at a festival, plus provide arcade and pinball and, and a really good time. Um so yeah, so we've um we, we're doing that. Uh additionally, talking about removing the bullshit from festivals, uh we are the first, and as far as I know, we are the only festival uh in North America to to take on Ticketmaster and say to Ticketmaster, you know, we will use you only if we show the final price with all the service fees and all the extra crap you throw in uh, to the consumer. Um, we were we we for for many years until this year until we until we moved into this festival, we actually built our own ticketing system so that we could completely remove all fees. From the from the festival uh, ticket price because we you know because nobody likes paying stupid service fees and convenience fees and yeah. credit card fees and all sort of stuff so we we built our own ticketing system specifically so we didn't have to deal with that and so that people coming to the festival didn't have to deal with that when we moved into the Sylvie uh, we we are now unfortunately we are contractually obligated to use Ticketmaster there's no way around it if we want to oh, use the Sylvie but. We said, okay, we will use Ticketmaster. However, we're going to need to see the final price, and that's the price we're going to put on the website. Yeah. And I, I don't think any other festival has done that. And interestingly, about three months after we did that, 
the uh, U.S. Congress put together a bill that said, okay, Ticketmaster, you can charge fees, but you cannot, you know, put uh, one price on a website, like tickets are 25 bucks, and then once you get through the fees and the taxes and all that sort of stuff, it ends up being like 60 bucks. Yeah. Right? So they, so I think, I think Jill Biden is a fan of Lords of China and, and, and saw what we were doing, <laughs> you know, and, and said, that's a good idea. <laughs> probably yeah. not, probably not, but you know. Hey, you guys are trailblazers. You can take credit for it. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll, I'll take the credit. I'll take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do it. Own it. That's yeah. yeah. It's, um, we're uh, so we're 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 really close to this year uh, to uh, to this year's fest. We're eighty percent sold out. Nice. Uh, we've got over twelve hundred people coming at this point. Uh, we uh, have have dates for next year. Next year is going to be the first weekend in August, August second and third. So if your listeners can't come this year. Uh, they can come next year, and next year's going to be another crazy, awesome lineup. So I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, details are at madwithpowerfest.com, so you can check that website out for further details. Yeah, awesome. And we'll definitely we'll link the website. We'll share this out to everybody, so we'll definitely help get the word out. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, you know, um, I don't want to keep you much longer, you know, be in the weekend. Um, so I want to kind of wrap this up with a final thought. If there was an advice, a bit of advice or some kind of words of wisdom you'd give to creatives out there, what what would it be? Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. I've actually, so I've, I've put together a uh, uh, kind of a, a DIY-centric um, a video series called Words of Fang that tries to help up-and-coming bands do things in a, in a very DIY fashion, like print their own shirts, do their own marketing, book their own tours, make their own flight cases, all that sort of stuff. Um, so so I, I have a lot of experience <laughs> answering this question and, and also kind of delving into that. And the one thing that I would say to creatives uh, out there is uh, is don't wait. Like, just just try. Try it. Whatever, you're, whatever you think you need to raise money for, whatever you think you need to hire a professional for, just just give it a go. Uh, right now, we live. We're, we're we're lucky to live in a time where we have the entire world's knowledge, like in our pants, on our phone, yeah. and uh, you know, and like we we can essentially pull out our phone and type, "How do I, you know, do X, Y, or Z?" into yeah. YouTube, and you'll find four or five or six or twenty tutorials. You know, how how do I change the oil on my Toyota Prius? It's like there's a million tutorials online telling you how to do it so yeah. if there's if there's a million tutorials on that there's also tutorials on how do i how do i become my own publicist how do i print my own t-shirts how do i set up my own website how do i you know how do i do effective marketing there's so much material uh on the internet for free uh, on how to do all of these things that um there's there's no harm in giving something a go uh what i would say you know the, the, a lot of people say to themselves like well they, they look at at music videos maybe that we've made or, or that other bands have made and they say well i you know i'm, I'm gonna need a lot of equipment or i'm gonna need a lot of uh, expertise to, to to make something like that or or some you know they're, they're they're hesitant to do it because they think it'll look amateurish and what i what i say to people who get into that situation is like it's very, very good to have a suck filter. Yeah. 
very good to look at something that you've created and say, that's not good enough. I'm not going to put it out into the world. But that shouldn't stop you from attempting to do it. Because what I'll say is every single time we've made a music video, I've learned something from it. You know, I, I, I've learned how to do uh, this this thing or that thing. Or I learned how to like shoot uh, better for next time. And you get the guys together and you make a music video and you edit it. And at the end of the day, people say, you know, that's not good enough. We don't want to put that out. That's not a waste of time. You just you just taught yourself how to do it again one step better the next time you do it. So I would say for any creatives out, out there who are waiting to do something, just stop waiting. Take the first step and just do it. And if it doesn't turn out the way that you want and you do end up having to hire out services, that's fine. But you, I'll give you like a, a, a 60 to 70% chance that the thing that you create, if you put enough time and effort into it, and if you read up on how to do it on the internet, you'll be able to do it just fine. You'll be able to get as good as some of these people who, who charge thousands of dollars for their services and get the same result. So, I mean, there's nothing stopping anybody anymore, really. There's really nothing stopping anybody. So just, just, just go do it. Just start. Yeah. And I think that's good advice, you know, cause you know, you learn that thing. And then if you get good enough at it, you can start charging the, you know, whatever to start yeah. doing your own services. Like here's the, here's the crazy thing. Um, and, and I think, I think it's okay for me to announce this, but uh, so I started, you know, I started making music videos for Lords of the Trident and, yeah. and I, I, I started by just borrowing cameras from like our local library and, and I learned how to edit by, you know, looking up editing advice on YouTube back in the day. And I just, you know, kept making videos, kept learning from the experience. The next one was better. The next one after that was better. The next one after that was better. Now I'm making music videos that I would consider to be, you know, mildly professional or maybe even professional level. And uh, Unleash the Archers uh, has just hired me to make one of the music videos on their upcoming album. Oh, that's so, like, awesome. so this is exactly what you said. It's like the more you learn and the more you progress you know not only do you make things for you and not only do you help your business and your creativity move forward but yeah eventually you're going to get to the point where you're as ju you're just as good as like a professional video company or a professional you know insert whatever you're whatever you're doing here, yeah you know like a professional web designer professional promotion you know yeah absolutely so yeah just just you just need to start you can't be can't be afraid of like messing up that's it yeah and that's that's awesome. Brittany is an amazing singer, and I'm so excited for you. That's that's amazing. Yeah, yep. yeah I mean, yep. I'm, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm, I'm very excited to see them. Yeah, see them again. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And you know, like like you said, your music videos are incredible. I mean, even to the point where I was watching the video for Charlatan, and my wife was like, "Wow, this the, the only light is that fuse light. That's incredible." So yeah, so my wife's a fan now, and it's weird because she doesn't really like any of the music I'm into. So the fact that I got her onto you guys is incredible. And you know, like you said, we you know you go to learn stuff. You know, I wanted to be a podcaster for a long time, but I didn't have anyone to to edit the audio. And I was like, well, why don't I just learn how to do it? So you know, like you said, I got on the YouTube and Googled it, and I'm not the best at it, and I'm not super great at it, but I can edit it enough to you know put a show out there, and you know I can. Yep that get better so you know if exactly like you said if you if you can't do something instead of trying to hire somebody try to do it yourself first that's that's incredible advice 
All right, man. Well, um, like I said, I kind of already don't want to keep you longer than I have to, even though I really love talking to you because this is incredible. <laughs> um, let's give you a chance to to plug, you know, whatever you guys want to plug. Where can we yeah, keep uh, well, you guys? I would say, you know, the, the number one place to find us is just lordofthetrident.com. Um, you can find pretty much everything, links to everything we do there. Uh, and then I would say the next place to check is YouTube. Just youtube.com slash lords of the trident. Or just type lords of the trident into Google. We're like the first 50 pages, then it gets weird. Uh, so, you know, do that. If, if you really love what we're doing, you know, if you want to help us out on the road, toss us a buck. Um, you can join our Patreon. We've got uh, all sorts of levels starting at just a dollar where you get extra exclusive stuff and and, uh, and you help us out. Patreon.com slash Lords of the Trident. Um, we're on pretty much every social media out there at just like at Lords of the Trident. Um, and definitely check out Mad with Power Fest. That's our big, big festival coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, make some plans to attend it this year or next year if you can. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I can definitely vouch for the Patreon. I've not ever subscribed to a Patreon ever. You guys were the first one, and it's definitely worth it. All the perks are worth it. You know, the T-shirts, the Japanese tour short is yeah. one of the my favorite shirts ever. Um, oh, thank you. So it's it's definitely worth it. Um, so to plug myself really quick, uh, you can find this interview and all sorts of other nerdy news on geek-network.com um, news reviews all sorts of upcoming things um, you can find us on social media at geeksaz on twitter and instagram uh, facebook is geek network imcd is weird on instagram uh, the music for the show is by polygon horizon go check them out on Bandcamp. the logos for the show are by my friends chris chandler and mike belcher go find them on instagram and twitter and if you like the show please leave a review and tell your friends word of mouth is our friend and remember, kids, to embrace the things that feel your weird and always geek responsibly. Ty, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having me. <laughs>